0: The Night Owl Podcast, Episode 9, The Restless, Part 1. Welcome to The Night Owl Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Blue, and this is a place for all you restless spirits out there to tune in and hear true tales of the paranormal. I hunt these stories down, capture them from the mouths of those who experience them, and share them with you right here. If you have a story to tell, please send an email to thenightowlpodcast at gmail.com. In this episode, I'm pulled into investigating a private residence in New Braunfels, Texas, where a young married couple living in a recently purchased home are reporting some very troubling experiences loud noises coming from their living room at night, full bodied apparitions appearing in front of them, and even object levitation. Join me as I dive into The Night Owl Podcast's first personal case, where there's much more at stake here, because we have a family that can't sleep and doesn't feel comfortable in their very own home. Stay tuned. If you're a fan of the show and are interested in getting access to exclusive extras behind each episode, consider helping us out by becoming a Night Owl patron. Visit That's patreon.com slash thenightowlpodcast. That's patreo ncom Each year, I look forward to my buddy Franklin's biannual Bourbon and Ribs Party. He has a whiskey-reviewing content site called Whiskey Curator, and at his party, he opens his whiskey cabinet for the tasting. He currently has over 70 various bourbon, rye, and international whiskeys. And if that's not enough, there are always several racks of baby back ribs that he's seasoned and smoked, ready for us to devour during our night of sampling his amazing collection of spirits. But you might be asking, Why am I talking to you about my friend's bourbon and ribs party when it doesn't have anything to do with ghosts? Well, actually it does. Franklin was a member of my paranormal research group that Alexis and I co-founded many years ago. Franklin, Alexis, and I were the three key members of this group and worked very closely for many years doing paranormal research in and around the Austin area. If you can recall, I mentioned that our last case before we disbanded the group in 2012 was the case that I actually met Sarah on. Well, on this lovely evening on April 14th, hanging out with my old pal and fellow ghost hunter, Franklin, sipping on some bourbon, he leans in and quietly says something to me so that the crowd of partygoers doesn't hear it. He says, I think I might have found a new case for us. It'd been about five years since I'd heard Franklin mention anything about the paranormal with me. Honestly, I missed our team. I missed our road trips and the late-night investigations, the discoveries we made, and the families that we helped. It was hard when we disbanded, but our lives had just gotten so busy, and we couldn't manage doing this type of thing on the regular anymore. I don't know what made me pursue this show now, but I did. My drive to know more about the paranormal was very strong, and I guess that's what propelled it. And now that I've been doing the show, I've been seeing the interest grow from my two fellow researchers again, Alexis and Franklin. So when he said the words about having this new case, I was all ears. The party was loud, but Franklin gave me the details. Fast and to the point, much like Franklin always is. I knew I couldn't record this in the moment, but was able to sit him down another time to relay the details of this new case to us.
1: So I heard about this case from a friend of mine. Um, her name is Amanda. She is my hairstylist slash barber. I've been going to her for... I don't know, seven, ten years now. Um, every time I go get my hair cut, uh, she tells me uh, about this particular problem she's been having. She just moved into this house in New Braunfels, and she's been setting up her house, and she's been noticing little by little about these weird sounds that are happening, I think she was telling me, just at night, where she would hear knocks, slams, And the way she described it is from her bedroom to the living room, it sounded like someone would just take a book and then drop it on their hardwood floor and the whole house would just shake. And so this has been going on for a couple weeks. And so I usually go get my hair cut about every three weeks. And every three weeks, the story progresses. Uh, More noises, more slams. And this time, you know, the noises are transgressing from night into the daytime. One time I went to go get my hair trimmed, and she was telling me about how it's now affecting her husband, where her husband is a hardcore skeptic, doesn't really believe in this type of things. It has been writing off the noises as raccoons, um, deer running around the yard, and just a whole host of... You know, it could be this, it could be that. But one day, um, they're talking to each other in their house, and he was in a hallway, their hallway, and he turned around and looked to his right and saw a little girl. And then immediately looked up, and I'm, if I remember correctly, he had some strange expression on his face and just said, I just saw a mother-effing little girl ghost right next to me, and she was just like okay, and the next words out of his mouth I believe were, we have mold. Because he thought he was hallucinating because there's no way he was going to see a ghost. So she just keeps telling me the stories about how the noises are progressing at night, into the daytime, now they're seeing things, and so on and so forth. The stories keep adding, things are starting to move around in their house, the is starting to pick up, and... I started to tell her, hey, you know, I used to be in a paranormal group where we, you know, study paranormal events and go help people out or just check out locations. She's like, oh, that's really cool, you know. If my husband is ever wanting to do this, I'll let you know because it's all up to him. You know, I think this went on for about, I don't want to say six months, but it was several months this went on, and I'm like, yeah, just let me know. You know, we can come in and see, you know, if it's animals, you have faulty electronics what have you. We can check it out. And I guess they saw a couple more things. And I think um, it was happening to him so much in the daytime since he was at home by himself that he finally was like, OK, <laughs> I give in. Uh, we need to get some help. So she let me know. And I told her, "Okay, I'll let you know in a week or two when I have some free time, and we'll go check it out.
0: Early in the morning on Sunday, April 29th, I found myself driving southbound on I-35 toward New Braunfels. I wasn't alone. I had the old team with me, Alexis riding passenger, Franklin in the back seat of my pickup. We all had been thinking a lot about the case lately, from the information that Franklin had gathered and shared with us from his barber, we weren't all on the same page as to whether or not this was something paranormal or not. But we all could agree on one thing. Whatever was happening in this house was having an effect on this couple's life. And we were concerned for their health and well-being if this continued without any answers for them.
1: I'm still on the fence that there's actually anything paranormal. Okay. Um, I think, if anything, animals under the house... I don't know about you guys. I'm kind of feeling in between. But there are some things, though, that are very interesting.
2: Like, they see a little girl. then The other person's not going to see a little girl. They're going to see something else or not see anything at all because it gets affected differently. If yeah. she saw, he saw a little girl and she saw a red and white flash of something, to me that, like, correlates, like, he saw the girl,
3: she saw...
0: Franklin's a hard skeptic. Alexis admits belief in the paranormal and studies and practices many spiritual traditions. I fall right in the middle. So I like to think we're a healthy team. Eventually, we arrived at the young couple's house, which was tucked in a small neighborhood in the quiet Texas town of New Braunfels. There was a strong breeze this morning, and the tall pecan trees surrounding the neighborhood echoed a gentle rustling that was quite peaceful, actually. As we got out of my truck and made our way to the front door, I realized I was a bit nervous. This was the first time I had a family willing to share their personal struggles with something that they couldn't explain in their own home, carrying my microphone in, knowing whatever that I recorded wasn't just for my team and I to review later, but that it would actually be an episode made public for all to hear. I told myself in the seconds before that front door opened that I needed to handle this story more delicately because this was someone's life, not just a place of business where employees clocked in and out and left their worries at the shop. When we leave today, this husband and wife will close the doors behind us and have to remain in the place that haunts them. They have to sleep there. Just as this last thought scratched its way into my brain, the front door swung open and we were greeted by Amanda the homeowner in franklin's barber she took us in and we met her husband paul who we'd already heard from franklin was a hardcore skeptic and wasn't too sure about us coming to investigate but he was very kind and welcoming he shook all of our hands and introduced himself he's a tough-looking dude actually i know i wouldn't want to pick a fight with the guy both he and amanda for that matter but don't get me wrong they don't look mean not at all just confident straightforward and not up for any bullshit if you know what I mean. I could sense a bit of nervousness coming off of Paul, but it was hard to tell if that was because of the trouble they were having in the house, or because he was uncomfortable having strangers come in, prod, and poke around. Honestly, what we're doing here is an invasion of privacy, and it takes a lot to let strangers come in and do this. We got a quick tour of the house, but before we got too far, I felt it was important to sit both Amanda and Paul down, Separately to capture their testimony of all the activity that they had experienced in the house thus far. Note that Amanda was indoors and I captured her testimony first and I went outside following Amanda's testimony to capture Paul's side of the story. However, I went ahead and edited their stories together so you could hear both of their takes on incidences they both experienced at the same time.
4: Uh, My name is Amanda I'm from Austin, Texas. And my husband and I sold our house in Austin like July, August, into July, beginning of August of last year, 2017, and purchased this house, same time. I sold and bought, uh, same time.
2: We moved down here because I had a stroke two years ago, and um, just wanted a slower you know, pace of life, and I grew up just south of here, and I took my wife down here to go swimming one day, and uh, she said we were going to move here, so we moved here. Houses were awesome. reminded me of my grandparents' house, Pear and Beam. You know, it smelled like pecans. Great place. Um, In the past, people have talked to me about stuff that they've experienced. And I just thought, you know, like, you believe you saw that? I didn't make fun of them. You know, I I don't really try to judge people like that. But I never believed in it. I never saw any of this stuff.
4: You know, whatever. So we moved in here. um, And I'd say about three weeks max for... Um, of being in the house. My husband uh, said he saw a little girl walk across the hallway.
2: So we were sitting in the living room the first time, and uh, well, my wife is sitting on the couch and I'm standing parallel with the hallway. And I saw a flash and I looked and I saw this little girl walk from our bedroom into our front bedroom. And, uh, my wife said that I threw my hands up like a baby
4: and looked like I had nausea. He looked like he was having, like, an epileptic fit. And so I ran over to him, and I asked him if he was all right, and he looked shocked and said that he just saw a little girl cross our hallway. And all I know
2: is that I ran. I ran to the back door because I didn't know what the hell it was. It really...
4: I do love my husband, but I'm just going to say it scared the piss out of him. But, um he was terrified and he did not want to come back in.
2: I wanted to go stay in a hotel um, because I don't know what I saw but I saw I saw what I saw so we calmed down because I'm like oh what this is ridiculous so we calmed down we go inside we're laughing about it we get in bed we're laying in bed and I hear the shower stall open in our bathroom and I was kind of like what you know because they kind of make I guess the magnets they make that like clunking noise when you open it and our shower all of a sudden started dripping which it hasn't dripped it didn't drip before and it hasn't dripped since so I got up and I was you know I was kind of freaked out and I went in there and the shower stall door was open and I was looking at the shower head, and I looked at the shower handle, and it had been turned on slightly. So I turned it back off. And, uh, you know, didn't sleep well that night. But eventually,
4: you know, it just falls in the back of your head. So that was the first uh, first time. Since then, we started hearing loud slams. In the house, uh, daytime or nighttime. Uh, nighttime, there would be a loud slam, so loud that I would be surprised if our neighbors couldn't hear it. And then what sounded like somebody walking across our living room.
2: You know, I've heard squirrels run over the roof, and I was like, that's what it is, because it does sound like someone, you know, is like running, like a little kid running. And uh, one day we were hanging out in the living room, and a squirrel ran over the roof. I said, that's that's what you heard, it's a squirrel on the She said, that's not what I heard. And I said, okay. And, uh, you know, kind of just thought she was being a little superstitious.
4: Forever he was convinced it was a family of raccoons. He <laughs> would hear it go like, swam, stomp, 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 stomp. he'd go, look at me and go, raccoons. I was like, okay, baby, raccoons. <laughs> I was like, why don't you go get the raccoons from the house? And he was like, nah, because I think he wants to believe that they were under there, you know? We have a pier and beam house. And so when you're walking, it shakes the house and you can definitely hear it. It's a small, uh, small house. So you can feel somebody walking across the house from like other rooms, but uh, it would shake the house and it would sound like large stomping across the uh, living room. We kept checking to see if somebody had broken into our home because that's what it sounded like. Someone had broken in and was walking across our house. And so we kept getting up grabbing a weapon and searching the house to see somebody broken in and it happened so repetitively that it became one of those things where like almost annoyed by having to get up again and get out of bed like oh god like your turn got to the point where we started just asking it to like just be like oh god shut up because we were trying to sleep it got to be an every night type situation there for a while Um, It got to the point where my husband put a chair in front of our front door to see if the chair had been moved. Like, if he was like, well, if I can hear the chair slide across the floor, then I know someone's come in the front door. Because we were getting up so often, that was his, like, way of, like, okay, I know someone's not in the house, so we can just stay in bed.
2: So sometimes my wife works really late, and um, I was in bed, and... uh I was asleep, and I woke up. I don't know why I woke up. I checked my phone to see if she had called. Like, maybe she was broken down on the side of the road. And I start hearing the sliding doors in our our bathroom next to our bedroom, just sliding back and forth. I'm not going to lie. I grabbed a knife and just laid in bed. Um, I didn't check and didn't, didn't get out of bed.
4: We're also taking a nap daytime. Well, I was taking a nap. And, um... Paul was laying in there with me watching TV while I was napping. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. We had somewhere to be at six. So I was just going to try to take a quick disco nap. And, um, we have a little bathroom breezeway bathroom connected and he get jumps out. I hear this noise and then he jumps up and, and runs into that bathroom. And he's like, did you hear that? The door to the shower had that magnetic noise, you know, that they, cause it's a magnet. So it was like wham. Wham wham. Wham. Like four times. Uh, opened and, and slammed. Sounded like it opened and slammed.
2: I had a friend come over and he just showed up and he was like, hey, can I take a shower? He's kind of a bigger guy. I was like, sure man, you gotta you gotta jump in our shower stall though. You won't fit in the small bathroom up front. And um, after the shower, he came in. He was like, man, were you fucking with me? And I, and I said, what are you talking about?
3: I just finished showering, and I was going to turn the water off. And out of the corner of my eye, I could see all my clothes just getting tossed uh, like off the, uh, the counter there. And I didn't, you know, I just, you know, I thought Paul you know, might have been playing a prank on me or whatever. I didn't think much, you know. I just took the water off and turned it off and got dressed. And, they, uh, and Paul was in the kitchen. I said, hey, bro. He's like, did you throw my clothes on the ground? And he's like, no, dude, I've been watching dishes the whole time. He's like, why? He goes, I said, somebody somebody or something threw all my clothes on the floor while I was just finishing up. I am you know, I'm, I'm, I'm real weird when it comes to my, my clothes and stuff. So they're always folded, and, and like, my shorts, even even my shorts are always uh, folded up to a crease. And uh, so I put them, you know, on the counter, but, you know, I made sure they weren't going to fall or anything. You know, and, and I was, I always put them, like, an order that I'm going to put them on. So, like, usually my underwear is on top, and then my shorts, and then my shirt. And I always put everything, like, t- towards the back, make sure nothing's going to fall. You know, I just, like I said, I'm just we- real real anal about that. Uh, I just don't like my stuff getting dirty, you know, before I put it on. I mean, there's, I mean, there's no way that they would have fell on their own.
2: So, I mean, it's other people are seeing it and experiencing it, but I don't know what it
4: is. Um, maybe two to four days after that, I was taking a shower in that same bathroom in the morning, getting ready for work, and all of a sudden the entire ceiling was black. Like, like, like a light had gone off, but only on the ceiling. <laughs> and it felt so... Um, like it was oppressive, like over me. And so I like instinctively crouched down like real quick in the the shower. And when I looked over, it was clear again. And I watched the light fixture fall from the ceiling and hit the floor. And some people have been like, oh, well, you must have just seen it fall peripherally and that's what you think of that big black mass was. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because the entire seat, like it's a small bathroom. The whole thing was black. And when I turned, I watched that whole it fall the entire way I didn't watch it just hit the ground I didn't I watched it fall from the ceiling onto the floor
2: so I came in and and I told her ah you know it's it's this twist lock lens and it was probably just loose so I put it on there but when I put it on there you can't even I
4: can't undo it now and actually we can't now that we've put it back up we can't get it back off that was about three weeks ago
2: My mother-in-law and my stepdaughter came down with my wife's grandmother as well to see the house for the first time, and it was after we saw the little girl and nothing else had happened yet. Well, the sliding doors had happened, and uh, they were in our bedroom, and I was standing in the doorway, and my my mother-in-law is kind of a hippie, and she was like, so I heard your house is haunted. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what I heard. I said, I heard this. I was like, come on, Nancy, you know I don't believe in that stuff. And uh, when I said that, the lights in our bedroom flickered. And Nancy and my stepdaughter freaked out. And she's like, well, you better start
4: believing. And he was showing her that. And he had stopped and they were just talking. And then the lights flickered. They haven't done it before. They haven't done it since.
2: It kind of seems like any time I try to reassure myself that it's, it's... It's something normal that I'm just not thinking of. It kind of like, lets me know like,
4: hey, I'm here. I started waking up at 3 a.m. every morning. At 3 a.m., just wake up like, and couldn't go back to sleep for like an hour or so every single night, to the point where I was so exhausted from lack of sleep, it was affecting my, my life. Making it hard for me to work, making it hard for me to function. It was suggested to me that I use a um, sleep apnea app and record while I was sleeping, or, like, might be talking to you while you were asleep. And so I finally got up the nerve uh, a few months later to do it, and I listened to them the next morning between 3 and 4. I thought that was a good place to start. And uh, there was one 30-second that had a whistle and went, and then you hear like someone talking It was a female voice and then another at the end I would think it was my talking in my sleep but the whistle before and the whistle after was a little weird and it sounded very like alert not like drowsy talk it just sounded very like matter-of-facty kind of speak, if that makes
0: sense. Sadly, the app Amanda was using doesn't store old files, and she's since lost the recording. I wish I could have heard it and included it on the show, but it was no longer available.
2: We were sitting on the couch, and above our kitchen island, she's like, do you see that? And I looked over, and it looked like a cloud of like a thousand gnats,
4: just like kind of swirling around. It's doing, there's circles. And so my mind was trying to figure out, like, what am I seeing? So I was like, well, maybe it's a, ref, is that a reflection. Is it a shadow? I, I, I couldn't sort it out. So I looked at the fan to see if it was on and reflecting onto the, the microwave. And the fan wasn't on. And you can't even see the fan from the microwave anyway. And then my, I just couldn't figure it out. and So my mind just went, huh, and then just started watching TV again.
2: And once again, got up, grabbed my wife, who we went outside, didn't know what the hell it was. Definitely wasn't gnats because it was there, and then it wasn't.
4: We go out there, and he goes, I just saw a mother Disney ghost fly around our kitchen. It had arms and a head, but like a like smoked out body. And he said that it was like all black, and then it came out of the wall and did loops around the kitchen and then did some weird other little thing and went into another wall on the other side
2: at this point i'm thinking what is it black mold are we hallucinating we had a leak in our roof you know i I don't i don't know i I don't believe in that stuff so i'm just
4: trying to figure it out right he was like that's it i have to see a neurologist like there's something wrong with me i keep hallucinating whatever and um i was like well i saw it too
0: So far, the couple has reported seeing two physical manifestations to me. First, Paul saw the little girl in the hallway, and now both Amanda and Paul witnessed this darker mass flying around their kitchen. I was curious whether or not this black mask was in fact the same little girl Paul had seen or if it was another thing entirely. Come to find out, Amanda and Paul were also seeing a third entity, one that they referred to as Milky, because of its white, opaque appearance.
4: I have seen it in the bedroom. It was during the day. I was standing on one side of our bed, my husband was standing on the other side of the bed. He was faced towards me and I was faced towards the French doors. At the time I had a fainting couch that was in front of those doors. I was cleaning the house. So I opened all the drapes. I had laid my clothing out flat on this fainting couch in front of those windows. So I'm facing that that way. He's looking towards me and we're talking. And I see this, I don't know how else to describe it besides like a milky clear thing. It's like if a bubble was made out of milk, like it's clear and there's like this milky substance at the same time. And I see a swoosh of that and my shirt bunches up and gets thrown up. It didn't fall. It went up and then it hit my dresser on the on the upswing and hit the ground it probably went up what's that like two three feet it went up that high
2: and i saw the clothes fly up in the air i didn't see the shadow but she was like did you see the shadow and i was like i don't i just saw your shirt flip i just figured it might have like fallen off the you know and it could have just been sitting on the chest of drawers but it was going up not like falling down when i saw it
4: so i don't i don't know About um, two to four days later, I was coming in the house from smoking and he was, Paul was coming out of the house and I met him in the doorway and this is daytime and he looks nuts. And so I stop him. And I'm like, are you all right? And he just, he says, I know this is going to sound super nuts, but I just saw a hand petting our dog. I went inside
2: after I had let him in and he was in, basically standing where I was when I first saw the little kid and he was in a position where it looked like somebody was scratching him. Like he, You know, he was appreciative. He was like, oh, you're scratching my ear, whatever. And I saw, like, this little red and white flash, like, by his head. And when I walked in, it went away, and he stopped acting like he got
4: scratched. And he goes, I would think I was hallucinating, but the dog was leaned over as far as it could, like, nuzzling this, like, disembodied hand. And that was the same, like, milky, clear consistency. So, I don't know.
2: And, and, you know, honestly, I made a joke. I was like, well, hon, if if that's the kind of ghost we have, he's petting our dog or she's petting our dog, okay that's cool but then there's that that black cloud thing like i don't know what that was and it seems like that's a little bit more mischievous and uh, and a little bit more active it's not like seeing stuff it's like you're seeing stuff and then something happens i
4: feel like there's two because there's the black thing and then there's the milky clear thing i didn't see the girl um but she had color. I mean, you could tell what color her dress was. I believe that there's two. During our interview,
0: Amanda didn't mention seeing anything when Paul saw the little girl in the hallway. But after talking with Franken and Alexis more after the case, apparently she had admitted seeing something to them. When I asked her about it over the phone later, she said it was only a white streak or flash. But she was focused on Paul because he looked like he was convulsing. It wasn't until afterward that she had recalled seeing the flash go
4: by in the hallway. Um i the house was remodeled like totally redone before we moved in the previous owner before us they bought it remodeled it never lived in it just like flipped it okay so i mean possibly maybe it's pissed that it was flipped like it's been changed a la very beetlejuice if you will and that's the only thing i can think of i have no idea For a minute, I didn't know if it was maybe pissed because the guest room was a mess. You know, when you move in somewhere, you shove everything into one room. And that's the room that that little girl had walked into. So I was like, well, maybe it's mad that there's just boxes everywhere and, like, it's not, you know, set up or whatever. And so I kind of made an effort to clean that room up. But um, it hasn't stopped anything and it hasn't slowed anything down. I feel like whatever the black one is, I mean, that, that can't be good. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily evil or whatever, but it might just be pissed. You know, like it's pissed off about something. So I, I think that one's just mad. I don't think it's necessarily... I don't even know if it's at us or it's something else, but it's definitely not happy. That's for sure. Um, the other one seems to just sort of be hanging out or, um, like I said, I was petting the dog. And I was like, that's good news, babe. At least it likes dogs, Right. And, like, maybe it's, like, playing little pranks by, like, moving stuff around or or whatever. It definitely wants me to know it's here with moving things in front of me, you know? Not just moving them around where I'm not in the room and I don't see it move, but when I've seen things move, that's, to me, like, indicating it wants me to know that it's here.
2: Oh, well, I'll come
4: home sometimes
2: because I've gotten in the habit of making sure that I I shut certain doors and I turn off certain lights, and then I'll come home and those doors are open and the lights are on.
0: But your wife wouldn't have no, come or nothing like
2: no, that? No, no, she had not been home. She works in Austin, and uh, she works a lot, you know, and... Um, so really, it's just you, and then... So you come and see that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm home more. I work. I just have a, a different type of work, and... Um, yeah, I, I'm home a
4: lot, and I, I really don't enjoy my time at home anymore. It's kind of weird. We are in the habit now of, of closing certain certain doors and turning off certain lights every time we leave the house so that we have consistency and we know we're not losing our minds it feels like we're losing our minds um my husband doesn't believe in us at all but we've definitely had a a, developed a pattern of um of that and we got home last night and doors were open and the lights were on and only certain certain lights were on because we're paying attention to what's what now you know so that was last night got home and the doors were open, the lights were
2: on. Um, My wife has tried, you know, she's, I love her, she's, that's the way she is, she's tried talking to it, and like, hey, we can cohabitate, no problems, and uh, you know, if this would have happened last year at our old house, I would have just laughed at her, and been like, that's silly, but I mean, at this point, it seems like at least once a week, we get woken up like something will fall on our living room or it'll sound like something falls. It'll shake the whole house because it's a pyramid house. But it's definitely inside the house, not under the house. Like you can hear it hit the floor and I'll get up and go in there and look and there's nothing. Or we'll hear footsteps or the doors will start sliding. I know what I'm seeing or what I'm perceiving that I'm seeing and what I'm perceiving that I'm hearing and uh you know they say your perception is your reality but it's definitely made me question my sanity and it's embarrassing like i didn't want my wife to tell anybody
4: um i didn't want her to tell anybody i wasn't allowed to use the g word ghost for about 4 months after he saw the little girl we he's like we're not using the g word so i wasn't we weren't allowed to use the g word he didn't like talking about it at all much less in the house he Felt like he was going. He feels like he's going bonkers. There's something, but he doesn't believe in all any of that. But it's a little hard. I was like, well, what else is going to be a little girl, <laughs> you know? I mean, that was a little harder to for him to dismiss. But I think it screwed him up a little bit because it's kind of it's very contradictory to whatever everything that he believes. And so for a while, it it's been it's been a little hard on him. About hard on both of us because it's the lack of sleep, really, um, predominantly. Um, and just having it scare the crap out of you every once in a while, you know, when it threw my shirt in the air didn't, that didn't scare me. Cause I was like, you know, Ooh, but the, the bathroom with the light fixture falling and the, and the oppressive black thing, that was a little terrifying to be honest.
2: I don't know what it is. I know that sometimes I'll hear the noise and I'll look at my dog and she won't react. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just hearing something, you know? And then sometimes I'll hear the noise and I'll look at my dog and she's heard it too. And that makes me feel uncomfortable. It's really hard to sleep. You never know when the, the loud thudding noise is going to happen. I'm not going to say it's supernatural because there are so many ongoing theories out there um, about different things in, in quantum physics and in dimensions. Uh, a relative of ours was an uh, engineer with NASA on a lot of missions, like all the Apollo missions. And... Um, you know, I would always joke with them. I, of course, I'm not telling these people, like, we're experiencing stuff at the house. Because I don't want people to look at me like I'm nuts. And But I, I'll joke with them and be like, hey, tell me about aliens. I know you know. And uh, and he'll be like, I, I can't comment on that because I've never witnessed anything. And I don't know if there are or if there aren't. The last time I asked, uh, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about dimensional rifts and stuff like that. He said, you know, this is an accepted theory um in astrophysics or nasa and i mean i may be getting it wrong but he said it's 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 generally accepted that dimensions are are layers there's layers of dimensions and like you perceive that there's an orange juice in front of you and you grab it where it is but in reality there could be 16 of them spinning counterclockwise but because you perceive it's right there that's where you grab it so i mean there could be like some crazy scientific theory that proves all this stuff I just I I can't say it's a ghost I just know that I'm seeing stuff I can't explain and I'm hearing stuff I can't explain and I'm really tired I don't sleep anymore and I'm not like I, I can sleep anywhere just not my house
0: This is Stephen. I'm sitting outside the house in New Braunfels. Just recovered from a really bad spell of sickness that just overtook me while I was inside. I think I was only in there for maybe about 45 minutes to an hour. But early in that time frame, I was starting to get a headache. really bad one. Um, And then I kept having the microphone just shut off on me. Franklin's getting a lot of EMF readings, pretty high readings throughout the house and when I sat on the couch to interview the client I got really, really sick and it was taking over me pretty quickly so I was trying to get through the interview without showing it but by the end I pretty much just had to get up and straight up ask her for a glass of water and for some aspirin And then it progressed. Even though I stepped outside to interview her husband, it just got worse and worse, and I I couldn't handle it. I got everything I needed because I wanted to push through and get the audio, but as soon as I got through, um, the nausea was intense, so I literally had to ask her if I could step outside again. She said she had some anti-nausea medication that was from the hospital and was something that would dissolve under my tongue. Took that, and I've been sitting out in my pickup truck with the A.C. running, trying to get rid of this headache and nausea, and I've been laying down for the last, I would say, 30 minutes just out here. And just now starting to feel a little bit better. So Franklin and Alexis are inside, still investigating, which I'm very thankful they're here. I would have been entirely useless if it was just me on this case, um, I want to go back in. I just am worried about getting sick again. That was one of the worst feelings I've ever felt um, as far as how quick the pain and the nausea came and how intense it was. Um, it's like if... So I, I guess I could equate it to a migraine. Uh, Man, I feel sorry for people who have migraines all the time. That was awful. But I have been looking forward to coming in, investigating this case, so I'm going to try to get back in there here in a minute. I'm just going to drink another whole glass of water, sit in this AC a little bit longer, and see what happens. When I went back inside, the guys had some important discoveries to share with me. However, this case was only just beginning now. We all agreed that Amanda and Paul were suffering from something that they could not explain. They were sleep-deprived, they were uncomfortable in their very own home, and I wasn't sure if what had just happened to me had anything to do with that activity being reported in the house. The guys and I talked it over before approaching the family and decided maybe we should involve Sarah. She knew nothing about this case, and we'd never involved her in a personal case such as this before but we thought it'd be worth a shot if Sarah was willing. And she was. In fact, when I called her, she told me she had a feeling I was on a case because two spirits had already come to her. She wasn't sure if they were related to this case since she had no knowledge of it, but she went ahead and described what she was seeing and it didn't settle my nerves any.
5: Um, so, uh, so I got a couple of images for you and they're going to sound a little strange in that. And that's, That's okay, because I guess we'll figure it out uh, later. But the first one was more of a, I want to call it a man. He's kind of like bald. He's got like these pointy weird ears. And it looks like a man, but I I don't really trust that that's what it is. To me, it's like not a human type man. He's just giving me this really strange vibe, lots of anger and um, more warning kind of. Um, but then I got another image of this girl who's, initially I thought it was like a little girl because she's very small. But, I, I mean, it could be still a little girl. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's just not coming across that way. It's more like uh, maybe a small person, a small, a smaller, like, short in stature kind of person. But it's a girl with her hair kind of braided on each side. She's giving me the, like, negative American kind of look. Um, but it's only, I'm only seeing her from like the shoulders up, so I'm only seeing like the braids. I can't get any detail on the hair. So, uh, but my concern is more lying towards that non-human kind of element, um, and the anger that's shining red. So I, I, I really want to get out there as soon as we, we can, um, when you let me know where we're going.
0: tune in on July 30th to follow along with Alexis Franklin and I as we take Sarah back with us to New Braunfels. This time, she's entirely in the dark. She doesn't know where we are taking her, what the location is, or any of the reported activity. In this concluding episode of this case, Sarah continues to shock us with her discoveries. I begin to question whether or not we should have gotten involved in this case at all, and we are forced to reach out to a local church because something has gone terribly wrong. Remember to visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thenightoutpodcast and consider becoming a Night Owl patron. A special thank you goes out there to all my current patrons. Your recurring monthly contributions help keep the show going and improving. Don't forget to check out all the exclusive extra content on our Patreon page that only you as a patron have access to. I want to thank my two wonderfully talented musician friends, Nicholas Fair and P.D. Wilder, for providing the music for the show. Please show your support for their amazing work by visiting their websites. Links to them can be found at thenightowlpodcast.com under our credits page. Thanks for listening to episode 9 of the Night Owl Podcast. If you're not already, find us and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Here I post a lot about upcoming episodes, and you get sneak peeks and behind-the-scenes photographs of each location. And as always make sure to go to our website, thenightowlpodcast.com. Here you can access our blog, which has a ton of behind-the-scenes information and photographs from each episode. Stay restless out there, and we'll see you next time. This podcast was mastered by David Dalton of Driftwork Sound. If you're ready to up the production quality of your podcast or music, go to driftworksound.com. That's D-R-I-F-T, worksound.com. And get your project mixed, mastered, or produced using well-established methods and unconventional techniques. That's driftworksound.com. And remember, your first master is completely free.